Welcome back to the Broncast, a podcast all about the Ford Bronco. I'm your host, John Melton. And I'm Donnie Whiteman. And I'm Courtney Barber. We are a couple Bronco enthusiasts who own Broncos, work on Broncos, and love talking about Broncos from Generation 1 through Generation 6. Our sponsor for this episode is Tom's Off-Road. Tom's Off-Road has everything that you need to build a Bronco from the ground up. In this episode, we're going to be talking about pulling an engine, trips to the Arctic Circle, and one very special second-generation Ford Bronco. Well, what's going on? Thanks for joining us, Courtney. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Can't go wrong talking about Broncos. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Well, uh, we have Courtney on the show. Um, we uh, heard her story on Bring Back Bronco, the other the other Bronco podcast, and uh, just thought, man, it'd be fun to have her. You know, last week we did uh, an episode all on the second generation Bronco, and Courtney, you that's the one that you have, right? You have a second gen. Yeah. Yeah, it's a big one. I wanted all the space. Yeah. So we'll definitely hear more about that later. But we just thought, man, let's bring Courtney in the episode and just bring her through the the whole whole episode. So kind of the thing that we start off with is uh, we just kind of catch up and talk about what we've been working on this week, what we've been doing Bronco related, sometimes not Bronco related, just kind of kind of catching up. I, I, uh, I do video production full time. And so I was shooting a show for motor trend called four by four garage this week. And, uh, they, they were swapping the Cummins R 2.8 in a Jeep. And then also, uh, working on a 24 valve Ram. Pretty cool. Pretty cool projects. What have you been working on Donnie? Uh, well, besides pestering people like Courtney to come onto the show <laughs> and Todd Zerker and yeah um you know I did the fuel tank I'm doing the roof uh we're gonna move this Bronco body that we just finished off of the fixture and put it on the rotisserie that we made so we can get all the little tiny spots on the bottom uh weld all those little tiny holes up that everybody has in their Broncos even yeah. brand new ones yeah and then uh undercoat it nice. so that's nice. next that's cool Courtney, what have you been working on? Uh, I've been working on my Bronco. I've had, for the first time in like five years, a little bit of an issue, but I figured <laughs> it out. I had to switch out a distributor and go with a little different timing setup, but it, it's working now and it's driving. Uh, today, actually, I was loading up a friend of mine is selling his 67 Camaro, so we were loading that up on a trailer right before I got this phone call so nice. yeah it's been an adventure <laughs> not always forward <laughs> well uh kind of moving into our episode uh today we've got a DIY or PAY. So if this is the first time you've been joining us, we do do it yourself or pay someone to do it. Uh, and so this, this episode, we thought we would talk about pulling your engine, uh, out of your Bronco, whether first gen or fifth gen, fourth gen, whatever you're, you're doing or Courtney's case, second gen, um, you pulled the engine out of your Bronco, right? When you, when you got it. Yes, I did. It was a 351 modified and it was just had a lot of leaks, a lot of blow by, like it was, it was horrible. So yes, I pulled it out and it was definitely a, a process. I, <laughs> I'm definitely a do it yourselfer, but I mean, obviously I have help, but you know, yeah. I was at 
classic speeding custom in Charlotte. And, but I, I definitely am someone who wanted, wants to be there for all of it, especially putting the new one in and everything, just because I want to know exactly where everything is. Because if you're on the road, you know, in the middle of the Arctic circle, you yeah. do need to know how to fix things. So yeah. you can't have someone else do it and not know exactly what's going on. So I'm a big fan of doing it yourself. One of the things we like to do is uh, rate these jobs and it's for the broader audience, people with tools and people without tools. (laughs) And uh, we like to say, is it five wrenches? So one wrench being, yeah, pretty much anybody could do it. And five wrenches means you have all the tools and uh, you got to be pretty skilled. So pulling an engine, uh, how many wrenches would you give that five being the most difficult? Out of a Bronco and a big Bronco, I'd say it's got to be four or five. Out of a Mustang, I would only give it probably a three. But the (laughs) fact that you have to get it so high up in the air and the angles to get it that high up in the air and then actually get it out. And then you have this giant thing hovering over you that could like crash down and destroy, you know, a person or your vehicle. (laughs) It's definitely not something I don't, I, I would attempt on my own that's for sure now when you pulled when you pulled yours out did you pull the engine and transmission out or just the engine i want to say we did it separate yeah okay took them apart yeah i want to say we took it apart because yeah god that i can only imagine oh. i mean it would have had to go so high i mean we even i remember took off the tires put it on the lift yep took off the tires and lowered it down you know to make it easier but I guess that would add an extra wrench because, you know, you're not going to be doing that yeah. in your backyard. Well, my first Bronco, so I bought a 66 was my first Bronco and it had the inline six in there. And I pulled that out and to put in, I bought a, a V8 that I had never seen run <laughs> or anything, uh, 302. And so I pulled the inline six out and it was like one of the very first things that I ever did as a, um, not mechanic mechanic. (laughs) And, uh, (laughs) it was like really, it there was a lot to it way more than I thought. So, yeah, I think I agree with you. You know, it's probably a four wrench job. I remember the first time I did it, I learned very quickly, make sure you have a pan underneath that transmission because the amount of fluid that comes out when you detach the two. Yeah. Good Lord. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's just, I mean, (laughs) all the stuff. Yeah. Like taking out the radiator. Yeah. Oh, there's so much that you just don't know that you don't know until you do it. <laughs> you don't know until you don't I will know. say taking it out is a lot easier be- than putting everything back in just because, it's, you know, you can kind of see where everything goes. But then, yeah, yeah. you try to put it back in and put it all back together. It's like, oh, it seems so easy when I was <laughs> taking it apart. Yeah. Well, getting it to run is a whole other story. That's a whole other <laughs> five wrench uh, dilemma of, oh, yes. you know, That's just trying right. to get it to run. Well, good. That was, that was, uh, that was my, um, I, I would agree four fourish wrenches on that one, but definitely worth it. And, uh, definitely something if you have a Bronco, um, and, uh, especially if you have an inline six and you're wanting to swap to a V8, it's a good, good thing to do. I would do it yourself or pay someone like Donnie to do it for you. <laughs> <laughs> I want to do one next week, yeah. but it's on an early Bronco and it's not all raised up. So it won't be that bad, but yeah. we, I usually do split the transmission and just make the job half, it's half the weight. Yeah. yeah. You know, oh yeah. Half yeah. the angles. Well, there's almost no angles. Take the hood off. So yeah, yeah I mean, I, I would recommend 
splitting those? Oh yeah, that hood has to come off. I, I think we did actually attempt it with it on it oh. the first time. It, it's like, oh God, no, that's yeah. not going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> so. Well, Courtney, um, let's talk. We want to dive into your uh, your Bronco story and, and hear a little bit about you. So talking about your Bronco, was this your first Bronco that you had owned or had you owned any other Broncos before then? No, this was my first. My first experience with the Bronco and Okay. What what condition was it in? I uh, it was <laughs> I thought it was a lot better than it really was. <laughs> but um <laughs> All Bronco owners say I that. It, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I found it online and got a plane ticket to Chicago, uh, Illinois and went there and picked it up and drove it home and it was the most terrifying ride ever. I mean, <laughs> there was so much death wobble. There was oh. just so the first hotel I got to, actually, the alternator went out on me. So the headlights started getting dark. I got to a hotel for the night and I parked or, you know, stopped to check in and, of course, go back out to move it to a parking spot. And it was dead. Oh. And so, yeah, the so first night in a parking lot, went to advance, got some, you know, met some people who took me to the parts store and swapped it out and got it running and everything. And, so, yeah, it was definitely in a lot worse shape than I thought it was. It was lifted. It had a very interesting lift kit happening. They basically just welded some leaf springs into place in the back oh and added gosh. a bunch of, it was, yeah, it was pretty scary. Wow. But I thought I was going to, you know, just fix some cosmetic stuff and obviously take out the lift and, you know, do a few things. But it definitely ended up being a basic, complete overhaul. <sighs> but it was worth it because it's an awesome truck. Yeah. So, so talk us through, I mean, you don't have to go into detail, but what, what did you, when you got it home, what did you, what did you do? What, what'd you start on first? Uh, the first thing I started on, it's completely logical. You know, the thing was terrifying to drive and scary and everything. And I started on the paint because <laughs> I wanted it to look pretty <laughs> because, you know, that's what we do. Yep. <laughs> so yes, I ignored everything else and added my free will and stripes because yes. that was just the vision I had when I got this Bronco. I wanted it to look like a sunrise on the water, on the ocean. I'm from Bali Beach, so I wanted it to look like, you know, just, just had this vision. So I wanted it all blue and with the yellow and orange and white stripes. And that was my main thing. I took it to Classic Speed and Customs and a friend of mine, Russ Petty, he actually laid out the lines. And then my friend Manny actually painted it. So oh, they're, they're painted on. on. That's decals. cool. They're painted on. Yeah. Wow. So, yes, that was the first thing I did. And then I think it sat for about a month or two because it scared the crap out of me. <laughs> and I just didn't have a plan. Like, there was so much. Oh, yeah. So, the first thing that I realized when I got home was that it had a 203 transfer case. and was all time four-wheel drive. And I was planning on getting the whole reason I got it was to drive it to the Arctic Circle and obviously did not need, I mean, I needed overdrive, not all time four wheel drive. Right. And so, yeah, it was a very big learning experience <laughs> in the beginning. But luckily I had friends at Summit and they hooked me up with like motor and we ended up going with a gear star transmission and got overdrive, switched out to a 205 transfer case steering and suspension basically yeah rebuilt the whole damn thing wow 
so now it's amazing. But yes, it definitely, it was not, I, I had gotten it thinking like, okay, this one I'm going to drive, you know, I just need to fix the paint and be driving it. And no, no none of that happened. <laughs> so where, where did the idea come to drive to the Arctic Ocean? I had taken my, I have a 65, I have the a 65 Mustang that I've put about half a million miles on and I drove it to Alaska and back. And we did this road, it's the Denali Highway in Alaska, and it's about a 100-mile dirt road that took us about 12 hours to do because our max speed was like, at some point, four miles an hour. I mean, it was that rough and just bumpy. It was amazing. It was one of the best days of my life. Like, I mean, it was long and miserable, but it was absolutely, like, just gorgeous. And, like, the fact that we did it and didn't die was amazing. And, like, you know, it's one of those things that you can look back on and, like, I just, I loved it. What was the, what was the payoff at the end? What did, what did you see? Oh, just everything. I mean, bears, like the scenery, the scenery in Alaska is just amazing. We were there doing a rally. Everyone else had flown there and actually rented cars. And we did like a 2000 mile loop of Alaska, like basically everywhere. We just kind of, you know, went for a day and stuff. So everyone was in these rented trucks, you know, big jacked up trucks. And they're all (laughs) taking this road. Everyone told us not to do it. I mean, everyone. And I'm just an idiot. Once I decide I'm going to do something, I'm like, oh, you know, let's just try it. And of course, we started it at like three in the afternoon because something I had blown an air shock the day before and we were late and had to fix it. It was just one of those. We didn't get to the hotel that night until 430 in the morning. And I mean, it was freezing cold. There was hunters out there and like, I mean, bears. Oh, a moose crossed in front of us. I mean, it, it was just it was incredible. Wow. Absolutely incredible, but wow. terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely thought we were going to die multiple times. But I think after doing that, I heard about this, um, the Dempster Highway, which they finished in 2018 or 2017. So you could actually drive to the Arctic Ocean. And once I figured out, I'm like, well, hell, they built this road for me to get up there. I got to get going. <laughs> so I knew the Mustang wasn't going to make it. And that's when I decided I needed a Bronco and I wanted the big ones so I could sleep in the back if needed Yeah. in case, you know, we ran into other situations. <laughs> so what was that? I mean, you like, obviously um, you shared that, that story on bring back Bronco, but what was, give us the, the uh, cliff notes version. Um, what was, what was that experience like? Did you leave from uh, South Carolina and just head straight there? Yes. I left from South Carolina. I picked up my friend who went with me uh, in, God, where did I pick him up? I want to say Michigan. And then we went up through Montana and I didn't have any plan whatsoever. Like absolutely none. I didn't have one hotel booked or anything just because I feel like that adds so much pressure to the trip (laughs) because then you're trying to get somewhere that night and, you know, be somewhere by a certain time. So I think a few times my friend had asked me, he's like, so where's this plan you told me? And you know, the agenda itinerary. And I finally one day showed him the notes and it basically like had three like directions on it. And then the word fairies, because there are fairies on the way that you have to like actually time. And, you know, so yeah, it, I basically just, I, went by Google, <laughs> wherever yeah. Google told me to go. The Alaska Highway, which I did in my Mustang, and this is my second time doing it, I mean, is just 
if you ever have a road drive, drive, like go there. It's just, it's so amazing. I mean, there's animals everywhere. It, it's like you're in, you know, one of these screensavers on your computer and wow. you're really there. So I guess doing that was just amazing. And then instead of going, you know, towards Alaska, we just kept going up and the people you meet on the road is just, I guess that's my part of why I love just the adventure of driving and stuff. Cause you meet other people who are just crazy like you, you know, yeah. we met a few people on bikes and stuff riding, Jeez. you know, trying to do this Dempster highway. And, and I will say like everyone had warned us, you know, they tell you it's horrible and stuff. And the day we drove there, we're fine. I mean, we saw, I think, a little Subaru, like, you know, cruising along. And, you know, it's, we were going 30, you know, 35 miles an hour. And I was like, God, I, I could have done this with the Mustang. This is no big deal. <laughs> well, then it snowed <laughs> and wow. rained. And all that dirt <laughs> turned into this weird, like, clay oh. mud stuff. And, I mean, we ran out of water by the end. Like, I mean, we were... Scraping off the windows, we started with the back window and like then gave up on that and then gave up on the side windows then gave up on, you know, your driver window. And we're, we were just trying to keep the windshield clean because like the amount of mud and stuff that was just everywhere. I mean, just covered everything. It was insane. I mean, the entire Bronco, if you see pictures of it, it was completely brown, just covered in this dirt <laughs> along with me and my shoes and yeah. everything. But it was awesome. I mean, it was scary. It was kind of, it very much reminded me of my trip on the, uh, in Alaska with, um, with the Mustang because it was kind of one of those, are we going to make it? Like, because you had to go a certain speed to like get up some of these hills. But if you went too fast, you started sliding and, you know, there was tractor trailers that every once in a while would peek over the top of a hill and you'd be in the <laughs> middle. So you'd have to move over. There's a lot, <laughs> like, yeah. it's a lot to take in. And it was just crazy. The difference, like, like I said, the day before, I remember thinking, I'm like, man, what were they talking about? This is such an easy road. And it was the same road just wow. 12 hours later. Now, did, completely different. <laughs> did the Bronco hold up? Did anything break on it? Oh, my it? God. It was amazing. I had <laughs> that was it. I brought spare tires. I mean, people are telling you to bring a spare windshield, spare tires, all this, you know, I mean, gas cans and jacks and a farm jack and all these. I mean, I had every possible component i had an extra carburetor and an alternator everything the only thing that went out was a headlight that's it (laughs) (laughs) that's amazing and like i said i mean it was up until just like two weeks ago was when the mustang or the bronco had its first issue with the distributor i mean it it had gone this whole time i remember thinking i'm like well hell you know it's gonna do for something and i know you said it but what engine did you end up putting in there uh, 408 stroker. Oh, nice. nice. Yes. I love it. Uh, 351 Windsor block. And I'm a big fan of those. So yeah. that's what I went with and needed a little more, you know, um, so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's awesome. Yeah, that, and that would be a, was it a, a, a quiet drive <laughs> with the 408? <laughs> I mean, I guess I have a 1965 Mustang yeah. when that has a 347 stroker. So <laughs> my perspective <laughs> is not very good. Yeah. If I get into a real new car, it, yeah, it's too quiet. <laughs> yeah. yeah, That's awesome. 
are there are there pictures posted somewhere from your trip where it's completely covered in mud? Yes. Oh, definitely. Um, I know my friend covered it for Hot Rod magazine, so it's on their website. And Ford Perform or Ford Performance did a story on there. Oh, or nice. I guess my Facebook has Project Road Warrior. Project Road that. Warrior. Okay. You'll definitely. find all the things. Well, and we'll put, post some pictures as well as we're going through this. But oh yeah, I could. Yeah, yeah. But that is that's such a cool such a cool story. I love that you like did that. Had the you know how long did the trip to in total take you start to finish? It was I want to say about thirty days. We ended at the Woodward Dream Cruise in Detroit. What? So that was the end point. Yes. Well, I mean, I still had to drive back to South Carolina. But. Wait, thir- <laughs> so you that was way more than I thought. <laughs> 30 days you you did this trip so it wasn't how many days were you just driving through canada i mean it was it was about five thousand miles each way Wow. so yeah it took a while i mean it took about three days just to get up to canada and then you know well i guess maybe it was more like 20 22 days or so we did stop for the woodward dream cruise i yeah, guess was yeah. you know three or four days in there that's crazy. By the time I got back to South Carolina, it had been a month. <laughs> so. And you, and you told your friend two weeks. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I usually am bad with things like that. <laughs> I'm like we'll get there. Like we'll get there when we get there. We'll be back when we're back. <laughs> what else do you need to know? <laughs> yeah. Having done that trip, I mean, what is what's the favorite part? on your Bronco? Like you spent so much time on it. What it can be a totally vain part. It doesn't have to be something super cool. Like, but what's your, what's like your favorite part that you're just like, Oh, I love this Bronco because of this. Oh, I'd say probably the hood and the view out the hood, like from the driver's seat. Yeah. I think it's Mm -hmm. like, it's almost the windshield almost looks like a TV screen. So it's almost (laughs) like you're, you know, just have this like picture or not a TV screen, a picture frame. That'd be a better way of saying it because it just, I feel like it just makes everything look awesome. (laughs) Like as you're looking out, there's just something and you know, with the stripes on the hood and, Oh, it just made me happy. I mean, I guess that would probably be my favorite part. Yeah. If you had to change anything about the trip, is there anything you would have changed? Uh, I would stayed longer. Yeah. <laughs> Always. <laughs> Definitely. And maybe would have made the trip to, we had to rush kind of to get back to the Woodward Dream Cruise because otherwise right. we would have, you know, swooped into Alaska. And I, I want to do the Denali Highway with the Bronco. Yeah. Now that, you know, and I know that would be nothing. I mean, after doing it in the Mustang, a lowered 65 Mustang, <laughs> I, I know I can make it in the Bronco, but exactly. I'll knock on wood. And you get cocky, that's when things go wrong. <laughs> yeah. I think your next trip, I think you need to find someone to ship the Bronco to Iceland. And you need to do the Iceland, you know, just the true Arctic. Oh. Isn't that the Arctic Circle yeah. in Iceland? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God, that'd be amazing. Yeah. I thought of that. And the Pan American Highway it goes oh. from, like, Argentina all the way up. I yes. thought of doing that. Yep. There's definitely, I think the next trip I do, I think... 
all these trips I've done, I've always been doing, you know, for social media and like writing about it and stuff. And like, I swear there's been things that I missed because I was so focused on getting the content and getting yeah. things. So yeah. I think this next trip I've decided is going to be like I'm going on a little soul searching adventure. And like I said about my dog, she passed away and it's kind of getting time for me to find a new best friend and along the road, I've always seemed to find stray dogs and like dogs that we, you know, end up feeding or something, you know, happens. And I'm like, you know, maybe this next trip, I'll just go with the intent of having a new best friend find me. (laughs) So I might just end up being like this crazy lady driving around with like 15 (laughs) dogs in my Bronco. So if you see me on the road, wave. (laughs) That's me. People are like, don't talk to her. That's the crazy lady with dogs. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. (laughs) I mean, how many can we fit in a Bronco? I mean, it's a big Bronco. I think it could fit a bunch. Yep, yep. So that would be a very dangerous trip for me, but I think it would be amazing. <laughs> so that's kind of what I'm working on next. You should see how far south you could go. Just start heading south and, and see how far you could go before getting stopped by the cartel or something. I know. <laughs> see, that's what makes me worried. I will say, like, there's I've heard some horror stories about going south, and I will say Canada, like, oh, my God. Everyone is just so polite, yeah. so friendly, and it's beautiful roads. Like yeah. the roads up there, Banff National Park, that whole area. Oh, like, yeah. I mean, it's just so gorgeous and like breathtaking that I definitely, I have a few more trips north before I think I start heading south. Yeah. <laughs> well, one thing uh, that you should come to, I don't know if you've ever been, I think you, I think you've been, but the super celebration in Townsend, Tennessee, I know it's not too yes. far from you. I have been a few times. When I first got the Bronco, I went. Nice. And then I think I went two or three times. And then COVID and all that, yeah. you know. Yeah. So I haven't been since then. But, yes, I do think I'm going to try to get there this year and see everybody. And it's definitely, oh, it's just a great crew. And I love that they do drives at it. Yes. It's like I hate just sitting at a car show. <laughs> and the fact that they actually do, you know, little trips everywhere love it yep. definitely a big fan super celebration well if you do come hang out with donnie and i we'll uh we'd love to see you and officially meet you and and uh all that good stuff so. maybe do a drive with you we're yeah. uh we're gonna take our trucks yep yep for sure hell yeah yep well when when we first heard about your story john's like we gotta do that yeah and then a few minutes ago when you said how long you were on it, his jaw hit the table. <laughs> I was thinking maybe I mean, eight could, days. <laughs> no, I mean, it's definitely thought, like to get up there. It's yeah. And you're not, you're not going that fast through a lot of places like white horse through, you know, Alaska highway and up through Canada. There's just, you're not going yeah. very fast. <laughs> so there's definitely a lot of, and a lot of construction if you go during the summertime, because that's the only time they can do construction up there because it's not right. snowing. So you're going to drive on a lot of washboard roads that they've like graded and are yeah doing things on. And yeah, it's fun. You'll, yeah. you'll know what's loose in yeah. your truck. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's a very quick way to find out and you will get screwdrivers and everything out to tighten everything that's rattling because it will drive you insane. Yep, yep. <laughs> but luckily kicker was a big sponsor of mine and they gave me an amazing stereo system. Oh, <laughs> so nice. we just turned it up a little louder. Yep. <laughs> that's awesome. 
Well, Courtney, man, thank you so much for uh, joining us. And uh, how can people follow you? What's uh, what's what's the way that people can get in touch with you? Uh, Project Road Warrior, I'd say. I've kind of been bad on social media lately. I guess <laughs> I took a little break from it. I, you know, you do it so much that you kind of need a little break. But yeah. I'll, I'll be back. And when I am, that's where it'll be. Nice. <laughs> Project Road Warrior. Nice. Well, thank you for, for being a part. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to listen to Courtney's story on the Bring Back Bronco podcast. Uh, she's on there talking about her trip up to the Arctic Circle and uh, does a great job on that. Again, thank you. We so enjoyed this, and uh, we'll, uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Courtney. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening to The Broncast, a podcast all about the Ford Bronco. We'd like to thank this season's sponsor, Tom's Off-Road, for all your Gen 1 and Gen 6 Bronco parts. Our technical producer and audio editor is Josh Kohler, a freelance podcast mixer, editor, and trumpet player extraordinaire right here in Nashville, Tennessee. Make sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere you listen to your podcast. Find our video, podcasts, and other materials on our YouTube channel, Nashville Early Bronco. Thanks again for listening to the Broncast. We'll see you next week.